Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Danielle Rodoichin, and you're listening to My Big Idea, the weekly podcast from ASOS, which aims to give practical and inspiring career advice. This week, I'm talking to Gemma Stiles. In October last year, Gemma left her job working for a charity and decided to be a freelance writer in London. Since making that leap, she's written for titles including The Debrief, MTV, Teen Vogue and Wonderland. So what made her make the switch up and what kind of freelance advice can she impart? Here's Gemma's big idea. Hi Gemma. Hi. Thanks for coming to ASOS to talk to us about your career. Thanks for having me. So why don't we start a bit about you telling me a bit about your background. Um, I Basically from when I was really young I wanted to be a science teacher um, and everybody told me when I was at school and doing my A-levels that I shouldn't do a science teaching degree, I should do a science degree and then change. So I did what I was told and then didn't like my degree, switched to a science teaching degree, decided I didn't want to be a teacher. Went into working for a charity, decided I didn't want to do that and I wanted to be a writer instead. And that's pretty much where I'm up to at the beginning. <laughs> so, science teacher, so what did you study? Are you at Sheffield University? Yeah. And um, what was it about that degree that put you off <laughs> becoming a scientist or science teacher? Um, it was kind of, I think I still wanted to do the teaching at that point, but I was in a lab so much and I realised that I didn't, I didn't want to end up doing a job where I was playing with microscopes all day like there wasn't enough kind of interaction for me with people on a day-to-day basis I still wanted to do the teaching um, so I switched and actually went to do a science teaching course which was a bit of me being like haha I was right I didn't like the science course Um, so I finished my teaching degree it was really really hard but I did like it but what do you like about teaching the stuff I liked about it the most more than a lot of the class stuff like all the there's just so much paperwork and stuff that's involved but I used to spend a lot of my time in like the pastoral section of the school that I was working in so kind of working with the kids that were a bit more troubled or were being bullied or were really acting out in their classes and kind of figuring out a bit more of what was going on with their lives and kind of what the issues were that were making them have trouble with school because I found that quite interesting Um, which is partly why I then went to work for a charity afterwards that was a lot to do with um, young people especially and like the troubles that they were having at the time I was always good at English at school Um, I actually didn't take it to A level and this sounds like such a shitty thing to say but I, I found it a little bit easy at GCSE. Like it, it, I didn't find it exciting being able to write essays and stuff like that. Because did I you found contribute to anything? Like, were you involved in the school newspaper, or did you write any, submit anything to any places or anything like that? Yeah, I did some stuff like that. We had um, in some of the English classes I was in, um, we submitted sort of poems and like creative writing pieces that ended up like going into a book that was published, and we had newspaper days in school that we used to do kind of um, 
I think it was once a year and I did that for the whole time I was at school so when I was a bit younger it was kind of like writing the little pieces for the day and then when I got a bit older I moved up and they asked me to edit um, which I quite like I like a good proofread and a spell check so <laughs> that was quite fun so I've always liked writing in that way but I didn't I didn't necessarily want to do English at uni because I enjoy kind so of you took a science, writing what was the science degree? What was, what was it specifically? Um, when I started out I was doing medical genetics which is it was it was t- it was like a little bit dry for me I think it was really interesting on the some on some parts of it but I en- was having to do modules and stuff that I wasn't that interested in and did you decide to make yeah. the switch over while you were at uni or was it something that did you complete the degree and then go on no I I did a year and a half of my first degree and then honestly I was just really unhappy and it hadn't it hadn't really occurred to me that I could change and do something else and it was I went home for Christmas in my second year of uni and my my mum actually called is, that, is it you from Cheshire? yeah 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 right. just give yeah. me some context yeah um I, yeah so I'd gone home for Christmas and my mum actually rang up my old um head of sick form I was head of girl in my sick form nerd um so and I was quite Very close to impressive. her <laughs> um, she was my RE teacher as well. She was really nice. Um, so my mum called her. Go in it. Yeah, she's so nice. Out. Really nice lady. Um, and she kind of actually came round and was like, "Well, why are you doing it if it's making you really unhappy?" And I was like, uh, "Isn't it funny how you sometimes need someone to state quite an obvious thing to you from outside, and yeah, then when they it say so it to you, it suddenly the glass, you know, it all becomes quite obvious." Yeah, I was like, I was miserable because I just really wasn't happy what I was doing every day, and it's quite an intensive course. Um, yeah, and it kind of did take somebody to just turn around and say, "Well, I know this was the plan, but you know, you don't have to keep doing it if you don't like it." Was that a relief? Hugely. I think if I'd have tried to carry on doing that, I just would have been absolutely yeah. miserable. Like, it was just a disaster. Yeah. So it was really good being able to, like, kind of realise that I didn't have to keep doing it. And then, obviously, so speaking of family and university, while you were at university, there was a big change that happened in your life. Um, what yeah. was, tell me what it was like. Uh, so big change was my little brother went on the X Factor and ended up obviously doing really well out of it so uh, I mean at the that's time, Harry Styles for people who uh, might yes, not know yeah <laughs> um, the biggest change at the time was that I was spending a lot of time travelling up and down to London at the weekends um, why was that? to go and watch the show and oh, I see him like my family would go down and were obviously supporting him and what he was doing so that took up quite a bit of time but in terms of career stuff it didn't it didn't really make a huge difference at the time. It didn't change what I wanted to do. Um, at this point, had you already decided that you were going to move more into journalism? No, not at all. I was, I was still thinking that I was going to be a science teacher at the time. When I started doing my teaching practice, it was a bit difficult because, obviously, I was really young, really new to teaching, really shy. Like My mouth would go completely dry every time I had to get up and stand in front of a class and talk to them. And at the same time, I was having all these questions about my last name and are you related to so-and-so. And, like, that's really, really hard when you're a brand-new teacher. How did you deal with that? Or how did you overcome it? Um, it was... Basically, I, was, I got really nervous about it because... I'm trying to get some technique for overcoming nerves or in public speaking, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
It was quite bad at first, like to the point where my uni advisors thought I should use a different name on one of my placements just to try and make it a bit easier for me because it was causing me quite a lot of stress when it's it's quite a difficult job to start doing anyway. And then I had all these problems that just made it so much more difficult to sort of learn how to control a class and that sort of thing. Um, it didn't work very well because... Did you actually change your name? Then? Yeah, I used... Um, what, what name did I use? I think I used like my grandma's maiden name or right, something. Just right. like, and did that work? No, not really. Like people still knew, I think, and I would, a lot of the time, just deny it for an easy life. <laughs> um, but by the time I'd finished that placement, I thought, you know what? I was, I was quite upset about having to change my name because it's not like it's a good it was name true a choice well. thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's my name, yeah. so I just I I went back to that, and because I'd already had like. Uh, a sort of a semester's teaching if you like under my belt I was a little bit more confident and would just kind of say if people were asking me questions that were inappropriate then I would just sort of shut it down and ignore them and get on with what I was trying to do which is it's quite hard but teaching itself and having to speak in front of crowds of teenagers every day did make me a bit more confident anyway because you just have to you have to kind of at least pretend to be assured of yourself I think it's a bit of fake it till you make it really um, so you moved to London and after and you worked did some work for a charity and then you moved into being a freelance well that's when you decided you wanted to be a freelance writer yeah. or journalist um, tell me about the first things you did like okay so you decide that's what you're going to do yeah. um, what happened when you decide that How, what are the practical things that you have to do Basically, what the things I was concerned about was obviously not having any money at the beginning because it does take a while to build up different jobs that you're doing. Um, I was already doing a job on the side. I was writing for the debrief already, so that was an income. Um, not enough to live on, but I had like a little bit of a starting point, so I was saving up money to kind of help me tide over the first few months or so. I had to think quite carefully about whether I was actually going to be able to support myself at the time Um, the other thing that was worrying me was the working from home because I didn't know whether that would really suit me Um, and I thought it would be good to have somewhere to get out of kind of get out of the house and go and actually sit and work Um, so how I started at the beginning was I arranged with a friend of mine who had a desk rent space um, that I could work from there Okay, so are they, what, explain what those are. Are they where you... Um, you tell me. This, it was quite good for me because it was an office where some of my friends were already working, but basically if people have larger studio spaces um, that they rent, but either they don't need all of the room or they just want to sublet individual parts of it, then you can rent literally just a desk's worth of space in a bigger building. Um, so you're not sat on your own, you've got different people around doing different stuff who, depending on what their businesses are, you might be able to collaborate with and it can be quite nice just to have people to make rounds of teas and coffees with throughout the day. Yeah, um, yeah I was trying to keep my overheads down at the beginning and my friend Sam was really nice and I organised with her that rather than paying for the desk rent, I would do some temp work for her agency um, as kind of payment for my desk which I did for the first few months. So you were helping her as like, on the side to make a bit more money, you mean? No, it was... Um, was that as part of your freelance, your new freelance career? Yeah, do you know, I actually do 
do that sometimes. Are you going to say, can you say what the agency is? Yeah, it's yeah. my friend's, the book agency um, right. is my friend's Lou and Sam's agency. Um, so sometimes I do some temp work with them when I do kind of, either when I need extra money or when they, for example, have someone on holiday and they need someone and else to do. what kind of work is that? Um, they represent sort of photographers, makeup artists, hairdressers, stylists, all those kind of people. So the work that I would do in the office is um, more of sort of the admin side and like collecting invoices and stuff like that, which I actually found really useful because um, I could ask them about stuff and now like I have to invoice for the writing that I'm doing as like a sole trader. So and are they your agents as well? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're now my agents as well, which is nice because. Do you think that friends. it really? Would you recommend getting an agent to other freelancers? Do you think that's something that's helped you? Um, I, I think it's a mixture to be honest because there's some stuff that I've been doing. There's a lot of writing work that I've done where I don't think it like it's nice to have, but I think it wouldn't be a necessity. Um, but then for me, it's I guess a little bit different because when I've done work on the side, that's like different projects with like clothing brands for example or stuff that I've done through like music and people have asked me to do projects that are quite different and in that case I find it quite useful having an agent because they can kind of hash out the details and if you're doing projects where for example you want to be quite specific about how they can use images of you or the questions that they can ask or how much you want to get paid for the job it's you sh- I mean, I should be able to do that, but it's a lot less awkward if you have an agent who can kind of represent your best interest without you having to be really pushy with someone who's giving you work, essentially. So it's quite, it's good. How does it all work with that? Do you have to, how do you deal with, how do you deal with tax and all that sort of stuff? Um, I think I'm not necessarily the best at this yet. I don't feel like I've quite got into the swing of it. I have sort of a budget that I know I have to hit in terms of the amount I need to pay my rent and my phone bill and my internet and all that kind of the stuff that you have to cover and then there's your sort of lifestyle money on top that you need to go out for drinks and dinner and buy your lunch and all that kind of stuff um, I've kind of I've went through the whole process of setting up like a business account and my tax and right. doing all that stuff which I thought would be relatively easy but actually took like How did you now do that month. stuff? Is there, are there like handy websites that tell you how to do all this stuff? Um, I wasn't sure what I needed to register as, as for a start um, I did ask my dad for some advice like he's worked in finance before which was quite useful for me so stuff about taxes um, but Honestly, I went a lot on like the HMRC website to figure out like HMRC, yeah, yeah. People were asking me about, you know, just even friends and stuff like, do you need to charge VAT on your invoices? And I thought I've got absolutely no idea, so I had to go away and do your classic Google searches and right. kind of teach myself what. And I you've got a like, really know. great website. I really think it looks really cool. Did Thank you build you. it yourself? Yeah, I did. I built it myself. It was um, basically I bought the domain. Um, for my website, jamstyles.com, because <laughs> um, I thought it might be kind of a useful thing to have more for just sort of professionalism, and that was yeah. at the point where I was still working another job full time, but I'd started sort of freelancing on the side. So I thought if I could build up more of a portfolio where people could see work that I'd already done, then it would be good. I mean, it's it's a Tumblr-based website, so it's also good for just sort of 
creatively, like mood boarding images and stuff like that, just that other people have posted, which I find quite so therapeutic. So you put all, everything, so it's kind of like a live CV, like you just keep putting everything that you do on there. Yeah, I've managed to kind of jig it so that if you have, um, you can section things up and if you click on writing at the top, then it'll take you to all of my written pieces rather than just, you know, pictures yeah. of flowers and windows and rainbows and cats all the time as well. So. I like it. Good combo. Um, and what about things like holidays? Like, do you give yourself holidays or uh, not take I think holidays? How does that all work? That's one of the difficult things, I think. Like, um, for example, I went to Amsterdam for my friend's birthday at the weekend and that meant that a temp job that I normally do at the weekend, I couldn't do because I wasn't here so you not only have to budget for going away on holiday but also that you're going to get paid less because you're not going to be at work so stuff like that and sick pay like taking days off because you're not very well which is a nightmare for me because bringing in sick to yourself I have the immune system of a very small child so (laughs) I'm ill quite a lot so I have to kind of be quite rigid about not just saying okay I'm going to lie on the sofa for four days because I've got the flu and I don't feel very well because then I won't make any money so <laughs> like you can't you can't really do that so that's quite hard it's a difficult change yeah. just to kind of have that much more responsibility but do you still feel like you're you'd rather be doing that than going to an office job or doing a science teaching job yeah, I do. I like. Um, this only we should say this only you only decided to do this like last autumn. It was only last autumn that you started doing it, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd been thinking about it for a while, but I wanted to make sure that I kind of had things set up properly, so that I knew I was gonna yeah. make enough money and not just kind of say, "All right, well, I'm gonna quit my job and then yeah. we'll just see what happens." Like I had to have an idea. What about? I also wanted to ask you about social media because I. I think you are really successful on social media, especially Twitter, and um, you've got a large Instagram account, but I noticed on Twitter you've got a particularly large following, and you see who I seem very engaged with you, and you seem to have a really great tone of voice, and I was wondering about what kind of advice you can give around using social media to help your work, to help your, in a professional capacity. Um, my social media, I guess, is quite... Um, an interesting story for a writer I suppose because it's because of my brother obviously that I've got a lot of followers and things which has been really helpful like when I've been getting started um, it's helped me get jobs because I've got a higher following so when I was starting out I wanted to get into writing I was doing jobs for free like everyone kind of has to at the beginning Um, but because I could post things that I'd done that helped me sort of get the attention of other editors and stuff and it made it easier for people to find my work Um, so I think stuff like if there's something you're particularly proud of or you want to show off a project that you've done then really basic stuff like pinning it to the top of your Twitter profile for example so if someone does stumble across you then they can see your sort of online CV if you like right at the top yeah and do you think that the team is important I always feel like you're you've got a very light touch with your posts uh, I think I like to kind of keep it quite light and sort of jokey. I don't like to take myself too seriously, which I think is kind of sort of a confidence thing at some points. Like I don't, I'm not very good at saying, you know, this is what I'm doing. It's amazing. Go and look at it. Do you use Instagram in the same way, or do you use that in a different way? Uh, I think Instagram is more personal for me rather than um, kind of work projects only because. 
my work is written, so it's it's quite hard to kind of translate that to Instagram. I think I wouldn't want to like screenshot the work I was doing and have that on my Instagram. Yeah. So if I'm doing other stuff that's like um, projects that make sense that they're a bit more visual, mm-hmm. then I definitely put that on Instagram. But I don't kind of want to shoehorn things into Instagram for the sake of doing it. Yeah. So keep it fun. <laughs> keep it fun. Um, who do you admire in terms of people who you think have great careers? Um, I always think my friend Farron, Farron Krenzel, who I think you've had on this podcast yes, before. she was actually. sitting in that chair just a week ago. <laughs> I, I always Talking think she's got a great job. Oh yeah, she's a, she's a talker. She is a talker. So I suppose she has a similar, she's in a similar arena to you, writing freelance. Um, yeah. Is it something about, is there a specific, specific job she's done that you'd like to have or is it more about her I just, style? I, I like the variety of the career that she's got. Um, that's one of the main things, which because is she something I'd like to work bit, She writes a bit. She yeah, does she does. She does writing. She does. she does illustrating. She consults. She does. She decides the names of makeup colors for brands and stuff like that. Like, there's just she's got so many strings to her bow. What do you? So that leads me to. I mean, you've obviously done quite a few really exciting things already, like written for the debrief, and I've seen you doing stuff at MT, MTV UK. Mm-hmm. What would be something you'd really like to do in the next, say, five years? Um, I think maybe just because it's a little bit different, I'd like to do some newspaper work, perhaps. Not necessarily even in print, but sort of online stuff, because a lot of what I do is lifestyle so not necessarily news journalism, but I think writing some more sort of serious pieces. I'd like to write for somewhere like The Independent, for example. I think that would be really cool. I read a lot of their news through like tweets and stuff like that. So yeah, I think really it's, I think it's a good way to like consume news, and I think it'd be quite a different thing for me to aim for. Because um, yeah, I do write a lot about lifestyle rather than sort of news journalism. But I think it's it would be a challenge rather than because I I think my writing style is quite informal, more sort of chatty and not cool. not that highbrow. So <laughs> I think it'd well, be a I'm good, sure good thing to do. I'm sure it will happen. Um, thank you very much for coming in and sharing your wonderful advice. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. That was Gemma Styles talking about her big idea. Tune in next week to hear the next My Big Idea and check out previous episodes on Acast, iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Bye.